It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Cardinals Insider Podcast for May 2023. Uh, Joe and Larry will be along in just a minute. I'm Brett McMillan. We had a great chance to hear from Ozzie Smith and Adam Wainwright last month talking about Cardinal lineage and also what comes next for Wayno when he's done at the end of the year. Be sure to check that out, YouTube, Cardinals.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're thrilled today, though, the 2006 World Series MVP David Eckstein is here in studio with us. Does that ever get old hearing that? <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's one of those things that, you know, since I've retired, um, coming up and, and hearing that and everyone kind of refers to you as that, it's it's something very special. Yeah. And imagine something you probably never growing up, I mean, <laughs> would have thought would have happened to you. Um, what was that like growing up? When did you know you yeah. wanted to be a, a oh. pro ball player? Um my my mom would tell you that it was basically as soon as I was born. I kind of had like a ball in my hand. Um, I could sit through full baseball games by the age of two and not move. Um, it was something that I've always loved. Um, as soon as that, as soon as I could like swing a bat, I had a bat in my hand. As soon as I could play, um, she was taking me down to the little league to play. I was always trying to keep up with my um, uh, middle brother Rick. You know, he was two years older than me, but like. She would tell you it was born in me. And he's become a very uh, very important part of our alumni oh. activities here recently, guys. Huge, huge. And, um, you know, I think the, the, the perfect segue to um, your alumni experiences here is when we brought you back for Game 6, the 2011 oh World Series, and you threw out the first pitch that night. I think we ought to lead with that story. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize. Okay, that's yeah. pretty neat. This is I great, didn't, yeah. I one of my favorite little... stories in Cardinals alumni This is appropriate because yeah. we'll get to later what your wife does for a living. Yeah. Hidden Mickeys throughout oh, Cardinals history. This, this, is a, this is a hidden Mickey <laughs> in Cardinals history. I don't know if we can say that. Legal might make me. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll leave it for now. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Mickey Mantle was my Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, tell. now I'm intrigued because you won the MVP in the previous one. One, and then you were there that night, yeah. which makes sense, but I didn't know. So what is the story? So, so you know, the game of baseball is something that I've always loved. Um, but as you play, you end up seeing a little bit of the, the backside of it, like the business aspect of it. And it was one of those things that, you know, in 2010, um, the day before the season started, I, I mean, I went back to my wife. I said, hey, um, Ash, I think this is going to be my last year. And then during the um, season, I was actually on a rehab assignment. I was in a hotel room. I had made an error, the only error I made that year, the whole year. I didn't make any in the big leagues. And I'm, like, crushing myself. And I, and I legitimately pick up the phone. I'm like, Ash, I'm done. I go, There's, this error means absolutely nothing in this game, and it's killing me to the point where, all right, I'm giving them everything, but there wasn't as much – in return on the on the other side, the the loyalty back, and so as 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 I step away after 2010, I basically like hid from the game because I had three contract offers to go play. I got called mid season to come back and play, 
And I got called a week after the season ended to play, but I was just hiding from everybody. I didn't want to go. My brother was a major league hitting coach. I didn't go watch one of his games, did not show up in person. I did get called to throw out a first pitch in Anaheim because um, it was the 50th year celebration. So I did do one game late. I think it was September. I threw out one pitch and stuff like that. But it was one of the things I just hide. And then I got the the call <laughs> to say, um, if we go to a game six, will you be available? I said, of course I'd be available. And so I had the opportunity to come out and throw, throw out the first pitch for game six. But more importantly, I had the opportunity to go sit up in the stands. And we got to go up in the suite. And being able to sit up in the suite, watching down, and then watching what David did, what David Fries did, you know, that ninth inning comeback, you know, the ball he hits right off the glove of Nelson Cruz, all of a sudden the game's tied when you think that, you know, they've lost the World Series. And then he comes up and hits the big home run to win the game. And just standing up there watching the fans, like chair, and watching the – why the game is so important to me, why this game is what it is. And it brought the little kid back in me. And I promised from that point on that I would never let the business side of the game affect how much I love this game. And I always thank David Freeze for for um, <laughs> coming up in the ninth and then hitting the home walk-off because he brought the love of the game back into me. Hey, did, did you know him at all? Like, I'm trying to think no. about when he got traded over here for mm-hmm. Edmonds. So you never were in camp with him never or anything? Went, never were in camp with him. Never truly crossed path, you know, other than, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah. You, you told it on a on a Zoom yeah. last year, but then in person at our fantasy camp just this past September, in September of 22. And, and, and I think everybody in that room was in awe yeah. because – and in, in, in David Freeze as well, yeah. in awe because – you know, you don't know the the, the the vast impact that you have in this game and to be able to impact our former MVP and to, to bring him back into the fold and feel part of the family and the love of the game again. That really kicked off your your alumni <laughs> yeah. stint. And, yeah. I mean, gosh, um, I can't believe we're, we're talking 12 years later now. Um, but while you live in Orlando and you and your wife are traveling worldwide constantly, you don't even know what time zone you're in right now, <laughs> um, you feel like – if you're here as often and as active as a lot of our St. Louis guys, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm so thankful, you know. Um, like I've always said, you know, having the ability, especially when I started in 2005, I was in the midst of my father needing a transplant. Mm. And the city kind of just wrapped their arms around not only me, but my whole family. My mom will even tell a story when she came for the postseason and she's inside. At, uh, she was at the mall and she handed over a credit card. And the lady behind the counter goes, can I just give you a hug? You know what I mean? That's what St. Louis is. She goes, I've been praying for you, you know, and your family the whole time. And that's something that that has been always, you know, dear, dear to my heart and my family's heart. And so having the opportunity to come back, you know, um, as much as we can. And they, they, even the more ironic part about it. My wife's family moved here after I was gone. So I was back here a lot more even in the off season just to visit them. And so, um, yeah, this is definitely almost like a second home to my family. This town is that way. And for those of us who grew up here can can attest to it. But once it kind of gets its hooks in you, and I mean this in the most wonderful way possible, but it's just kind of part of you forever. It just kind of is part of the way that it is. I'm glad that you brought up organ donation even right now, driving in the other day on Highway 64, Highway 40 here in St. Louis. Uh there is a, 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 a billboard. Um, you're still very involved. This community is still very involved. But tell us the roots. For those yeah. who are watching and might not know, tell us the story. Tell us why it's such an important piece of your heart. 
Yeah. Um, organization is, is huge. It has given my family, it's given me back my family first and foremost and given my family their life. Um, you know, it started with my father who has since has passed away, but, um, you know, he had a rare disease that he was going to lose his kidneys. And, uh, unfortunately he passed it on to three of my brothers and sisters. So my oldest brother, um, Ken and my two sisters, Christine. So we were in, I was in middle school and all of a sudden we thought my sister might've had mono. And so we take her into the doctor and stuff like this and like, Oh no, she was actually in complete renal failure. Mm. Um, like we always thought she was the lazy one. And so we were sitting there who would have known that she had basically at that point, 0% kidney function and she was bowling two days earlier. Okay. Mm. So we had to rush her to Shans and that just started off the process of, of, Oh my gosh, we all got tested and it ended up, um, three of us had the disease and was going to need kidneys um, quickly. So, First and foremost, my mom stepped up. My mom stepped up and donated to my sister. Um, that was back in 1989. And so, but then we knew Kenny and Christine were going to lose theirs in the next 18 months. And Rick and I were too young because you have to be over over 18 years old to donate. So we really wanted to donate, but they wouldn't allow us to do that. And so we found, um, so in turn, um, we... Uh, Basically, people that had signed their organ donor cards was able to give life to my brother and sister. And so it started there. And then, you know, my father was able to receive one in 2005 from a family friend. Uh, um, well, now it's it's my oldest brother's wife um, gave a kidney. And then mm. um, Rick was able to donate to Ken again because his failed in 2010. Mm. And so, but it's been something that's just been part of our life. And then, of course... Um, my, my sisters had children and passed on the gene as well. So we've already had one transplant with one of my nephews when he was just before he was 18 years old, was able to get him a transplant from someone who signed an organ donor card. Um, and that my Christine's two kids, like, so Ava and, um, um, David will need transplants. Then on my other, my sister Susan's side, um, um, Ricky will need a transplant. So we have all these things lined up and, and so like I'm, I'm in the waiting to donate. I mean, I thought, I thought it would have been much sooner, but, um, cause my sister Susan has been in stage four of, of her kidneys for that. My mom received since basically 2012 mm. and we've been able to do stuff to hold on to that kidney. But I'm, I'm as long as I'm at, I'm the same blood type and usually the same blood type you can donate. But then, um, so I, I'm her match and then Ash will be, She's O positive, so she can donate to any one of the family members. So we're counting the kidneys and stuff like that. So it's something very important. And then having the opportunity back then to team up with Mid-America Transplant in 2007, we did a drive for 300. And it was for me to hit 300 and get 300,000 people to sign up an organ donor card. And the, and the basically that year, we were the third largest um, region in the United States for organ donation signups. And so very fortunately, Joe reached out to Mid-America last year and said, hey, would you like to restart this again? And they said yes, and I was definitely on board. So now we're, we're, we're you know. 16 years later, we're doing it all over again. <laughs> all over which again. Is awesome. Yeah. yeah. But thanks to you, Joe. <laughs> so. That's been great. Talk about perspective. I mean, yeah. it's easy to get wrapped up in the course of six months in a summer, no matter if you're working on the business side of the game like Joe, Larry, and I, or you're yeah. playing the game. It's easy to get wrapped up in what happened last night. Yeah. That'll, what you just described will keep you grounded in a big way. Uh, do you think that, that your big league career was what it was in some ways because of 
what you walked through with your family? Well, yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent at a young age to see um, basically athletic life taken away from my brothers and sisters and then me and Rick having the opportunity to do whatever we want freely. It definitely gave us this greater um, like this like. We did. We didn't want to take it for granted, mm-hmm. and so every time we st- stepped on the field, we knew it was, it was something that that we were going to give it our all because there's people out there that never will have the opportunity to. So it definitely did, and it keeps you humble. It keeps you. It keeps you, like, like <laughs> um, it keeps you in, in a place where, like, yeah, you know, you can do great things on the field, but does it truly mean something in the game of life? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, because you still got to go home at night. And, you know, and, and live that. And that's something that haven't seen what my brothers and sister had gone through. And then my father, it was one of those things I would never take a a game for granted. And that's one of the things that you kind of see it when people are hit with, especially like, you know, life and death struggle at an early age and they see it, you see a different respect on the baseball field with, with players that have had that in their lives. And you see the way they go about it because they know it could be taken away at just at a moment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And that his era, guys, is an era that I think there's there's really the 2011 team is probably the most beloved of the last 25 years, maybe of all time. The 85 Cardinals, a lot of love for them. Mm-hmm. 04 and 05, the, those are the two best teams of my lifetime thus right. far. Right. And 06 is the one that you know baseball is a funny game, but that's the one that you guys won the final game on. What are people's responses to to him and his era, and just being able to mix in? You know those guys from those teams, and kind of that situated meaning of of those three summers in baseball history here. Well, and I think not just that you won, but uh, you could how you played, uh, especially with David, how you stood in the on deck circle <laughs> and and didn't really stand still and no, watch. They you did know, not stand sw- swinging the bat, <laughs> yeah. and um, I think everywhere everywhere David goes, people recognize the way that he played that made him a a favorite of the fans above and beyond winning the World Series. Yeah, that was such a such a fun era in Cardinals baseball and it to have him him at short and Roland at third mm-hmm. and to have Scott going into Cooperstown this year. That has yeah. to be special for you to see your teammate going into the Hall of Fame. I, oh yeah, I was I was so happy for him. You know, and the and the thing about it, I don't know, I'm sure we've all watched the video when he had the opportunity to tell his mom and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And and you never see Scott emotional. Mm-hmm. You never see him. <laughs> and you see that video. And that's 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 who I mean, that was so special to me. And then I then I text him, okay, can you please like Stop because I'm, my phone's blowing up. I don't want to do any more interviews about you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to do the interviews. Yeah. All his teammates have to do it. I know. So, but like, like you know, what what Scotty did over at third base was was amazing. And, and like I said, you know, being at short, it made my job a lot easier. His range to his left was phenomenal. But he, I always say, like you know, he ate the baseball. He ate the ball and. His preparation, his mindset, the way he went about his game, I'm just so happy that um, he finally got the highest regu- 
highest recognition of being being in the Hall of Famer because he definitely deserves it. Because I don't know if there's, you know, there's a good third baseman out there right now, but this Scotty, something special about. Scottie. Yeah, he's one of the best two way players in club history yeah. and in baseball history for my money. Yeah. Um, we were talking about you know David can't walk anywhere in St. Louis without being recognized, but it's funny when you go down to Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> that that recognition drops significantly, and he can't walk anywhere without his wife being recognized. Talk a little bit about—I yeah. mean, you're Ashley got to walk alongside yeah. your career for yeah. so long. You're getting to do that with her now. How cool is that? Yeah, no, it, it's been it's been phenomenal. What, what many people don't realize was my wife actually stepped away from being an actress because I started getting injured, and I was not the best at doctor's appointments because I just wanted huh. to play, <laughs> and so I was in Toronto. And um, she actually moved up there with me, and um, she couldn't get a work visa. And so she basically had to give up. And all her managers, um, like, said, hey, if you're not in L.A. making this money, you're worthless to us. So they dropped her. So she did that for me at that time period, and it was it was very big for me. Now I get to do that for her. So, like, um, we just take turns with it. And um, from, from starting at that point, she was doing a role called um, – Ahsoka Tano on Star Wars The Clone Wars, which went on to Rebels, Tales of the Jedi. She was in Rise of Skywalker. Um, so she's done basically everything of Ahsoka except the, the, this last live version of her. And, and if you actually see the character, it really relates with anybody. And I mean, the hashtag now is, is, is Ahsoka lives in all of us. But she, um, she has built this fan base, and she's truly, you know, I mean, I think she's a... Uh, real life version of Ahsoka. She is Ahsoka to me because that's who the character is, is her. And she has, you know, just, just embraced that and, and, and has walked. And from that, you know, just the, the influence that she has to reach so many people. Like I, I was, we were just in London, um, last week. And if you, if you sit at her table, you, you, you just don't even realize the number of people that would walk up there and like, not only that that she has changed their life, but she has saved their lives because she does a lot of stuff with mental health as well. So when we go to these things, I love it. I call myself the bag carrier. I carry <laughs> I carry the bags, and that's what I get known as out there and stuff like this. So it's it's actually pretty cool because yeah, her following is 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 pretty massive right now, and I'm just so proud of her. You strike me as that kind of guy that I'm sure it's nice and it's gratifying to come back here and have people yeah. appreciate what you did. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure when you get on the plane Sunday or Monday or whenever yeah. and go somewhere where they don't recognize Maybe, oh, you, yeah. you'll be good with it. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I mean, what was that like for you as a player kind of being yeah. tagging you as more of an introvert? Yeah. What was that like and how did you deal with, again, just what comes with being a shortstop in St. Louis? Yes. Because we've had some good ones yeah. in club history. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it was something that was that's something I had to I had to get used to. The thing about it is, I I held myself to accountability to the fans, and I'm not gonna, you know, you know, after the 06 World Series MVP, like like Joe and Larry saying, like you know, you walk around here, everybody recognizes you, and then we go out and, and start losing in 07. You know what I mean? Like, and I felt like I was letting down every single fan. You know, so so that's that's where I I would take it. So it was definitely a little bit difficult for me personally because you know these fans mean so much and they just want want you to win and you you want to go win for them and when you don't it actually kind of rips you up inside. And so it was it was a little bit difficult because yes I <laughs> I, I I love being short. 
I love not being the center of the attention. I love the, I love, like, I always would joke, it's like, yeah, you know, Albert walks outside. Everyone, I go to him, everyone, you know, your eyes always go to someone who's taller, not, no matter if you're, they're famous or not, but you always look at that. But being short, and I, and I can fit right in, put a baseball cap on, and and get, I, I go, I like that. I always want, like, <laughs> I joke, my, I, I want to be the guy that, that put people in position so they got interviewed at the end of the game. Mm. And then I could go home and not worry about it. That's, that was like what that, that I tried to, I mean, that, that meant I had a good day. And so, um, but yeah, so it was something that I definitely had to get used to more, um, especially within St. Louis, but you know, the fans here are just, you know, outstanding. And so, and I, I don't mean met some, some um, met a family on on the flight um, this morning. You know, he pulled out a picture. It was he stood next to my cardboard um, cutout that he had back in yeah. 2007, <laughs> and he had it on his phone. And I actually signed his phone. You know what I mean? And but met his whole whole family. His son, his name is Henry. He's playing baseball now. You know, and so it's just the, the cardinal tradition lives on. But that's a cardinal fan right there. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about those fans, you know, and you said you had this dream of playing baseball yeah. since you came out of the womb. Uh, and what that moment in Game 6 meant to you for your love of baseball. But as you have those dreams throughout your life, and then you're playing in the major leagues, and then you come here as a player, when maybe did it first dawn on you that someday you would be a former player? And when did you first start to realize what it meant to be a former Cardinal and what that still meant to the Cardinals fans here when they saw you? Um. <clears throat> You can't start thinking about being a former player until you're done. Because once you start thinking that way, you might as well retire right there because our <laughs> game is way too hard. <laughs> way too hard. But I always say, like, the the sense of having the opportunity, like, when you coming to St. Louis and winning a World Series, now you're part of history. Because it was history. Like, in, in St. Louis, you're, you're measured on World Series. And so, and they've had so many. And so having the opportunity to do that was was, you know, knowing that, okay, this will be part of, for the, forever, um, not realizing, you know, winning the MVP throws it to another level. But the one thing I always say is, is what what you all do here within the community service and and um, bringing back former players. I tell it to all the clubs. I go, that's what every club needs to do, because it, it reconnects the base with the fan with the players of the past. And not, I mean, I played on four other teams, they don't have this. And that, that connection to the fans, and, and they appreciate, you know, um, that is that is something that um, you saw it when we played. Like, I, I can't even, like, my first spring training, I'm in there, and there's Ted Williams, you know, and you're sitting there. I mean, I, I mean Stan Musial, mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry about that. There's Stan Musial. You know, I got to meet Stan Musial, and I actually, and I don't ever ask for autographs. I went up and asked for an autograph for my dad. So I got a Stan mm-hmm. Musial ball. And then there's Bob Gibson. I still tell the story about um, <laughs> my dad came into a game, and all of a sudden it's like 645, and my dad's sitting in Tony LaRusso's office with, with Bob Gibson having a conversation. You know what I mean? That's, that's Cardinal baseball, Cardinal alumni. And then, you know, when I, um, when I signed um, Ozzie Smith, Actually, it was a friend of my uncle's. I did not know at the time. And I get a phone call from Ozzy Smith welcoming me to St. Louis. So when you talk about having the opportunity to be a former Cardinal, 
Um, yeah, it, 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 it's, a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And then now living it, mm-hmm. I mean, as, as you know, I always look, I always look forward to coming back in, um, in the St. Louis and luckily Ash talked you into figuring out a way to get me to fantasy camp. Yeah. <laughs> she, she reluctantly uh, allowed you to come to fantasy camp and yeah. you, know, you haven't missed one since. Yeah. So it's been phenomenal. And you're, you're phenomenal at it. You know, we came down a couple years ago <laughs> to do some stuff for Ozzy's TV show, and I remember we stuck a mic on you. Oh. I don't know if you remember yeah. this, but we stuck a mic on you, and I thought, okay, I think this will be good. good. Oh, yeah. This guy's like world, he's a world-class talker and, uh, and like the, the nicest trash talker I've ever seen in my life. Trash. But you, you were wearing Rick and Keel out. Works the umpires. Yeah, working the umpires. Learns com- all their first names. Sticking up his guys. And I'll tell you, that's one thing that I remembered, <laughs> your, your competitiveness. But before the game starts, he walks out to home plate. And the nicest chat with the umpires. Hi, I'm David Eckstein, and they're talking. What's your name? <laughs> and they're just having this great conversation with him. They're high school umpires, yeah. college umpires. They're meeting him. So great to meet you. And then he walks back and tells his whole team, "Okay, here's their names." And the <laughs> first time a call doesn't go their way, the whole team is shouting <laughs> the umpire's name. <laughs> it, like, I do have a problem with competing. Like, if you put me in a in a situation when there when there's winners and losers. Yes, I will definitely compete in in that. But the thing about the thing about fantasy camp is is to have fun. Is to have fun, and 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 for me, I love to engage everyone there, and I love to make it fun for them. And and you know, as we joke, it's not the best baseball you're ever going to see in your life. But not but, even close. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you but if you engage it in everyone, and and I just try to bring the energy to make everyone kind of feels special within the game and then make the games fun. And so that's something that I do. And, and if you really know who I am, I am, I mean, my wife will tell you I'm the pot stirrer. So I, I was the one in the clubhouse would hear something, say it to somebody else, let them go do it. Not knowing that it all transpired back to me. Like, because, because <laughs> that's, that's, that's when, that's when teams come together. That's when you have fun. And so, and that's fantasy camp. At, at its best. Yeah, you're a silent assassin. I can't for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was uh, watching you as a fan, something that always stood out to me was the way you got the most out of the frame that you had, yeah. right? And the game has changed a lot. Now mm-hmm. we see these monster shortstops. Mm-hmm. They want something different out of the pl- at the plate than they mm-hmm. did back in the day. But even in your day, you were a smaller guy mm-hmm. to play big league baseball. And, and I hear Ozzy talk about this a lot, and I'd love to know if this was kind of part of your philosophy. He talks about, you guys have probably heard it, what's in motion stays in motion. And that that's how he got to the balls he needed to get to. And that really there was never a bad foot to throw off or whatever. It just, could you get it to first base? Could you turn yeah. it at second? For you, with a smaller frame, we talked about you on deck moving yeah. that bat. What role did motion play in being able to execute at the position? I mean, it was huge. It was it was. It was I mean, the from from day one, and my 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 dad never really watched me play that much as a kid. Um, but he said, if you wanted to stand on the field, you got to run everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So that's why you saw me run to first base on a walk. That's why you saw me always active. That's why you saw me on defense, always you know moving and stuff like that, because you want to give the impression there's no other place you want to be than other other than on the field right now. So motion was huge for me, and especially, you know, um, 
I mean, it's yeah, the game has changed now, but like the anticipation of pitch, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing, being able to see see the signs and anticipation to have that little bit of extra weight on the certain side, you know, you know, um, was something that was very key, you know, for someone, you know. Who couldn't throw on the wrong foot, and everybody might think that I had, you know, my my throwing motion is something I never would. I mean, I I I don't watch myself throw like to this day. I get to throw out the first pitch tonight, but I, oh my gosh, it looks so, <laughs> it looks terrible. Um, but it was the way I threw, and so um, it's the only way I knew how. So, but um, yeah. So the one thing about it was like like if you saw me, I was always going to be in motion, like. And even even prior to the game, I wanted to do everything that I, that possibly could happen in a game prior to the game. So that's why you saw all this warm ups, the jumps, the fake steals. Like it was everything was everything had a purpose um, to prepare me for that game or that next pitch. Mm. You know, the role of routine <laughs> is interesting to me in mm. in the sport of baseball because everybody we bring in here that sits yeah. in this chair. You've mentioned being competitive. You have to be, or you're yeah. not going to last at this yeah. level. But it seems like everybody's got a routine too. Yeah. How how did you craft yours? Um, <clears throat> so the routine came around like uh, Libra said. Anything that I had done in the game, uh, had a possibility of doing the game, I want to do prior to the game. So it was kind of built around around that. Um, so I mean, <laughs> in my routine when I started. Um, I wanted to definitely make sure I was loose. And so that, that started by, by showing up. When I got here, the first thing you do, you go in the weight room, and you do an elliptical or a bike, and you do a full body stretch. And if I had an upper day, I did upper body. If I had a lower day, I did lower body. And then I went to the cage. And what people didn't realize, like, I had to throw a lot because I was a guy that took, like, 20 minutes to get loose. So I, I would throw in the cage by myself. And then I did my whole T routine. Then my T routine was set up to hit the entire zone and how I could be more direct to the ball, um, short and quick. Um, so that was all my T work. And then I would come back and I wanted to take, you know, all my ground balls in a certain, certain way. Um, luckily here in St. Louis with Jose, who, you know, the secret weapon, you know, one of the best infield guys I've ever been with. Um, we got to take our, our ground balls prior to BP so where we weren't dodging balls. So you really could actually hone in on your craft and make your throws. Um, oh, I forgot. So I, after I threw, I, I would go long toss. So I had long toss before I went on the field. Then we did our BP, um, come back in, um, watch all the pitchers, knowing what was going to happen, and then restretch out the body, go back to the cage for a little bit, go back, you know, sign autographs for like five minutes. And then um, once I did that, there was no more talking until the game started. Um, did my full body stretch, um, did my sprints. So I had to make sure if you saw me, I would I would like round and touch the foul line like I was rounding a base because that was part of it. Long tossed again because I long tossed twice a day, never had an arm injury, never missed a game because of an arm. And so um, um, then I had these things because I missed the ball in the first inning at University of Florida, I jumped for it and hit off the tip of my glove. That was the first time I jumped that day. So you saw me do two jumps in front of the dugouts because I wasn't going to mm. do that again. Mm. <laughs> um, and then, then I had um, um, four four fake starts, like so: start, 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 start. And then it was pine tar on the back of the glove, pine tar a little bit on the end of the glove, and then it was time to go play. So you didn't have any kind of routine. No, 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 <laughs> oh my no. And that didn't st- that didn't start with the with the stuff at home. Well, like yeah. Ash will tell you a funny story. Like 
we're sitting there walking, like on one of our first dates, and like we're walking all of a sudden, like, like miss a step, miss a step, and and she thought I was hurt, and I was like, no, babe, you can't step on a crack. I learned in Double A from Wilton Veras that if you step on a crack, you're gonna make an error. And I did that night. I stepped on a crack, and I did make an error that night. So I, no, there's no more stepping on cracks. Wow, <laughs> that's next level right there. Was she was she a baseball person? Did she understand? Or she was she she was a baseball person. She did enjoy the game, and oh, she she went to almost like once we started dating and got married. You know, she went to almost a thousand games. So she wow. loved she loved the game and stuff like that. But like like um, and the funny thing was she didn't realize of a lot of my quirks at home <laughs> until after I stopped playing. You know what I mean? And so, like, you know what I mean? I had to line up the shampoos. I had to, you know, eat at some time. You know what I mean? Like, they all, my sister Susan will tell you, like, um, she, um, she, um, whatever you call it, um, she came into town and, and I had, like, you know, they make funny, I had my, like, my pajamas on the floor and I come home and I didn't get a hit that night. I'm like, where am I? She washed them. Don't you know you don't wash your pajamas if you haven't if you got a hit streak going? And like she Everyone to this knows day, that. <laughs> like, like you don't do so that, like, do you? No, well, <laughs> I don't. I don't have a hit streak going. Yeah, so so yeah. Pajamas, yeah. So you can wash them every oh, night. Every night. Them every so, night. Like, like, oh yeah. So like, although I'm gonna try it now. Now you try. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so there's 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 yeah, like I like to yeah. I definitely had a routine that was a little insane. So tell me about, I love asking this question to guys who played for him too, Tony La Russa, yeah. who I just have a tremendous amount of respect for, having been around him a very little bit in this role, but then also having watched most of his Cardinals career. He he always has struck me as the kind of guy that I think his players would be the first out of the dugout to defend. Yeah, Always respect him. Maybe didn't always like him in the moment. Yeah. Is, is that fair? Like, I mean, how how was Tony to deal with as a player? Yeah, you know, I definitely would say that for some players. You know, I mean, for me personally, you know, what I mean, um, it, it it was. I don't think people really truly understood him, and so so like his competitiveness, the way he went about it, it was almost father figure like because it was kind of like my dad. So my dad was 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 that more mili- military based, you know what I mean? You keep your mouth shut, you do your job, you show up to win, and that was Tony. So Tony was, you know, like don't talk to me, as everyone knows, until the final out, you know. So like, how's my day going? And he's like, you know what I mean? I'll tell you when we win. And so because everything revolved around the win and the loss that day, but what people didn't really understood understand about him the the way Tony's mind works. Like there was the situation. And I, I forget the total. Also, I forget the total situation. But we were in L.A. and um, all of a sudden, I'm getting taken out of the game, and it was like a double switch and stuff like this. But it was something that Tony had already planned out, and it actually like in the ninth inning, it came up to where that position, like it all worked out, and he had already thought it out. And I was like, man, my brain never even went there. Hmm. And so that's 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 the stuff that t- that people don't know that realize about Tony. I, I, and I loved. You know, when he went back to Chicago, I was like, oh, can he handle, you know, you know, Tim Anderson? And he's like, he had Ricky Henderson. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. Um, and then all the sabermetrics. He's old school. Well, who invented the sabermetrics? It was right. Tony. Like, he matched up in the bullpen, you know, beyond belief. Oh, yeah. You know, prior to. For sure. <laughs> prior to the matchups. Like, he did all that stuff in his head. And so, and I think that, that you know, I mean, his mind for the game was something that was was 
you know, beyond belief. But, you know what I mean, there was a soft side of Tony that people really didn't see. Um, Ash and I always found ourselves, and you know, because he doesn't eat meat, but and I would go to a steak restaurant in a, in a random city, and he would always be there reading his book, eating a salad. But he would come over and say hello and then pick up the check. That's Tony LaRussa. One and off day, my wife was flying to San Francisco to go um, um, to, to, you know, Luke, um, Lucas's ranch, you know, and Tony was going home for the off day. He grabs my wife's bag, puts it up above the, you know, for her above the seat. You know what I mean? Didn't even know. Like, all of a sudden, I saw my wife, puts, puts her carry-on above them, and then went off the plane, takes down her carry-on, walks her carry-on all the way down the baggage claim, and he didn't have, you know, had any luggage. You know what I mean? That's Tony LaRusa. Like, he really cared about, you know, the entire family. And so, and that was my experience. And so, I, I'm very grateful for him. I bet you guys could speak to that, too. We've got this great piece of video, one of my first years here, of him petting a Clydesdale. Hmm. And it is oh, just like this other eyes. this other side of his Tony. His favorite part about opening day. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he loves animals. Yeah. We all know that. But he, I think... That soft side kind of peeks through a little bit here in retirement, I think, more. Yeah. But I love those stories because you can yeah. see that when you talk to him, that yeah. he's got that side of him. It's not all talk to me at 1030 and oh, yeah. if we won or not. And well, he's invested in his guys. I think, Larry, you need to tell the story of the 2011 reunion related to making sure his guys were there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we're trying to get in touch with guys 10 years later, uh, bring them back for the the 10-year reunion of that World Series. And... Some of them, uh, especially a couple of the coaches, uh, hadn't responded to our messages for a while or said, no, I can't make it. And Tony was coming. And, and one day then he calls to check in and says, by the way, who's coming? And I'm reading him off the list. And he says, what about this guy? What about that guy? No, I, I called him. He said he couldn't make it. Uh, what about this guy? Well, he never responded. We tried a few times. And he said, I'll call you back. <laughs> Five minutes later, he calls back, call this guy, this guy, this guy, book their flights. They're all coming. They're all, all coming. coming. Yeah. I'm like, wow. well, gee, and he says, I'm the manager. That's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. And it means a ton to him. And it, and it hurt him that he couldn't be here on opening day yeah. uh, due to the health challenges yeah. he's got this year. Yeah. But we're looking forward to well, hopefully and, seeing him some point yeah. this summer. And, and I think it was maybe when Scott Rowland went into the Cardinals Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. Tony LaRussa, if I remember that right, he was also going to – Oakland for a celebration that they had. A celebration, yeah. And they were on back-to-back -back days, and he was doing. He wasn't managing the White Sox at the time, yeah. but he took a red-eye flight because he wanted to be here for Scott Rowland. Got off the plane, came to the ceremony, walked back on the plane, and flew to Oakland all all just to fit uh, Scott's ceremony into his schedule. Yeah, it means a ton to Tony. I mean, he. You think about our history, and and, and everybody always talks about the eleven World Series, but. I tend to talk more about the 19 NL pennant. So, you know, people want to devalue losing in the World Series, but the reality is you won your pennant. And mm -hmm. and that meant even, I think, even more pre all of the balanced schedule and you're playing the American League all the time. The, the 19 NL pennants are amazing. And I think about, you know, 04 was before you were here, yeah. but that team um, is one of the greatest teams in Cardinals history. They and score I think, on demand. Unbelievable. Yeah. All-star team. Yes. And, and I think about – the knockout, dragout, prize fighter, boxing type NLCS matchups we had in 05 with the Astros and then in 06 with the Mets, you couldn't have better series than those yeah. two series that you guys played in. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You mean the the whole 05, wow, you know, average ball that he hits. And to this day, I still think that we were going to propel to go to the World Series, come back home and win two. 
And you know, and it was probably <laughs> one of one of the times I was in a in a in a, in a pretty good depression after after the '05. Assuming like, oh man, we that club in '05, and I know I wasn't here in '04, which had a phenomenal club. I, I would say the '05 team was the best team I've ever played on. We just ran into Roy Oswald we, oh, yeah. on yeah. that night, and and then but then in '06, you know, where no one truly expected from us, and that's why I love this game because you show up and play hard. And anything can happen, and and we were just getting healthy at the right time, and then had you know two 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 young guys, now old guys, <laughs> were able to step up in the right time with Wayno and Yachty, and you know I mean just magical. And guys that you didn't, the average yeah, fan wouldn't know. have expected in Soup it's in Taguchi. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah. that series is unbelievable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and Anthony Reyes in game, game one, in game one, one, who's a firefighter in California, yes, he is. by the way. Uh, he, yeah. he did a little talk with Kyle McClellan on the Chatters Box, if anybody nice. wants to go check it out. It was really, really interesting. But you had a great seat to that, standing yeah. behind him. And, I mean, <laughs> for that guy to do what he did in that spot, also opposing the pitcher that he was opposing, yeah. were you, whatever we are now, 15 years out, were you a little surprised? No disrespect to your teammate, but I mean, I, you have to think this guy's taking this ball in this situation. Like right. when you walk off the field that night, what's going through your mind? Um, you're gonna you gotta remember, I had the opportunity in '02 to give the ball to John Lackey, and in Game Seven, and guys, step up. This is our game. Mm-hmm. And, and and if you know, I don't know if you remember back in earlier, we were we were getting like just dominated. We got we got blown out twice by the White Sox, and 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 I think and Anthony took the ball on the final day. We lost. I think Tommy hit a home run. We lost, mm-hmm. but he dominated that game. Mm-hmm. All right, like it was in him. It was in him. Mm-hmm. And so like that's why I love our game is the fact that you know no one really knew Anthony and like yeah I mean the matchup was like was not in our favor, and he went out there and and you know, Dom did what he did to give us a chance to, to get a win, but it's in players. That's why there, there's a reason they're putting on these jerseys. And so like, and we had complete confidence. We didn't care who, who was grabbing the baseball. Like it was like, you had, you, you know I mean? You go through our bullpen. You probably couldn't mention like outside of St. Louis, you're not going to even know our bullpen. You know what I mean? And they stepped up and dominated. And so that's why I love the fact that Anthony's stepped up in game one and really set the tone for us. To be able to, you know, become World Series champs. Yeah, you guys embrace that underdog role. The reality yeah. is that 06 team was phenomenal, but you were hurt all year yeah. Yeah. until the NLDS started. Yeah. And then you, you started a roll. Yeah. Um, and then just played till the end. Um, I mean, well, I don't know what the national writer, I'm drawing a blank, which national writer said Tigers in three. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, boy, that turned. That turned oh, yeah. quickly, didn't it? That, yeah. That was, oh, uh, Bob Nightingale. Bob Nightingale. Bob Nightingale. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah, I knew that was. I mean, Tony had all that stuff in the in the in the pregame prior to the day before we started playing. I mean, before we left for um, Detroit, he was like, you know, I mean, the you, you mean the the story's already written that they win, but let's rewrite the story, you know. And so, but like that's what you love. I mean, I, I mean, I always love being the underdog. I love proving. I mean, people ask, do you miss playing the game? I don't miss playing the game. I do miss proving people wrong. And so, like, like, so that's one of the things that you know, having that opportunity in '06, to you know, no one expected, and then and then win. Even though, like, Joe was saying, we had the best team when we started the season. Yeah, I can't remember exactly. It might have been the final weekend of the season. Milwaukee was in here, and Scott Spezio ripped a triple into the corner, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's still the only time I've ever felt a building shake. shake. 
it, I mean, it really, really did. Yeah. To me, that was from the outside perspective. That's when it felt like it started to turn. Yeah. For for you guys, when did you go, okay, we are healthy, and I think we've legitimately got a shot here? Um, Ronnie Belliard to dive in play um, <laughs> in San Diego. I was like, okay, okay, it, yeah. it, 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 it's on now. Yeah. It's One of on. those signature moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> yeah, but it's, we're talking 17 years ago. It was like it was so yesterday. <laughs> we are we are getting up there, but my gosh, I mean, and to think about what it meant to the fans too. Um, uh, we hadn't won since '82. Yeah, um, the whole thing. Yeah, you know, was, the '80s were amazing, but you lose in '85 and '87, and two really good NL pennant uh, winners there. But it had been a while for our fans, and they were craving it. Yeah, and you could this place the first That's year of this ballpark just shook. I mean, the place just shook um, during those games. It was, it was, it was special. Oh, it, it was so special. It was so special. And then, you mean, even even then the, the parade afterwards. Like I've never, <laughs> I've never seen so many people, <laughs> and they're hanging from the from the rafters for all the parking structures and stuff like this. You mean, as as a player, winning in St. Louis is is probably one of the greatest things to happen. And so. Well, let's end on this. I, you know, there's the famous story. I'm guessing most people have heard about the car and how it sat in the storage <laughs> unit. So clearly, you're not a memento guy in general. But there's the Sports Illustrated cover. I mean, that had to have been cool. The car. Do you have something you've carried out of your playing career that you keep at the house that reminds you? <laughs> well, Joe's laughing here. He's got a few things. I got a few. Things a real now. small area that Ashley yeah. designated for so, him. <laughs> yeah, we we. Um, we 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 bought a new home in 2020 and like because i've never like when my when my wife first met me you know what i mean she's like what's this in the in the closet it was my o2 world series uniform it was on the ground you know what i mean like i never wanted to be the person that that lived in the past because it was always always the next day forward i mean i mean the infamous story is the fact that you know leaving leaving st louis after winning the um the World Series and, and become an MVP. I get on to the sixty four and I'm I can have I have I have the stadium right here on my right and I call my dad because I call my dad after every game. He said, Congratulations, but David, you understand this that season's over now. You gotta start worrying about next year. <laughs> so it was something that was always instilled in me that that I really did not hold on to anything. But fortunately, uh, my wife did. <laughs> and so um <laughs> and so like so we bought a new home and it's basically all Disney, mostly Alice in Wonderland, but there was when you come in off the garage, they have these. It's 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 a little mudroom, but it it was a spec home. So, but it looks like three lockers. So we turned that into quote unquote off of Main Street of Walt Disney, um, Casey's Corner. They made it David's Corner. So so I have it. So I have, you know, I have my jerseys from um, College World Series. Um, Angels World Series and in the dead center of St. Louis Cardinals World Series. And yeah, so there's some very nice pictures on the wall. I have the bat. Mm-hmm. So the, probably the prize possession is the bat that I use for the majority of the time that I broke in game five. Um, I have that up on the wall and just, I mean, the and your hit record from the University the, of the Base. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I have the base. I mean, that's one of the coolest things. Just, yeah. just knowing your story and the, yeah. the, that you walked, walked on. on. At the University of Florida, you should just tell that record. I mean, yeah. So basically, um, in I I did play the first. You know, I I played. I started. I had ten at bats my freshman year, but in three years, I broke the University of Florida hit record. Mm-hmm. It was surpassed by Mark Ellis 
because he played all four years. But um, <laughs> but I I only had two hits my freshman year because I only had ten abs. But basically broke the all time hit record in three years at Florida. Um, yeah, broke the and then I had the base was from the most consecutive times on base. You know, I broke that most games on base in Florida. So yeah, so I have I have a little momentum. The funny thing about it was. It was like calling my sister Christine because my sister like saved all my stuff because I didn't save anything. So she mm. had all this stuff. And so we were able to kind of put it up in a little bit in a room. And so, yeah. It's, nice. it's really cool. David will give tours uh, down in Orlando, in the Orlando area, if anybody's interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put the number up on the screen. No, no. David, is that supposed to raise money for something? <laughs> we'll figure something yeah, out. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, let's do that. If people do want to get involved, we talked about it at yeah. the top before we get out of here. If people want to get involved with the cause, there's the billboard. But if they're not driving down 64, where can they go this summer to get involved? Yeah, it's um, it's Mid American Transplant. So midamericantransplant.org, um, where they can show up you know um and hopefully you know sign up that's the biggest thing is and it's spread the word you know just spread the word that that i know we all feel good right now and healthy but some things do happen but you have a chance to actually um save someone's life and and put a family back together and that's something that you know it, it it's been on my side you know of the family that we we we've been on the recipient a lot and so, um, but it, it really does put a family back together. So if there's, you know, if you're thinking about it, if you're on the fence, please like really think about it and you definitely can, um, make a difference in someone's life just by signing that card. Mm. Awesome. I have no doubt St. Louis will show up in a big way. Cardinal Nation will for that. David, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for Thanks. sitting down and talking about it, uh, for Joe and Larry and David. I'm Brett. You can get our shows anywhere that you listen to podcasts, YouTube or Cardinals.com. Again, Ozzy and Wayno to kick off the year. We'll be back in June on the 1st. The first of every month is when we come out with another Cardinals alumni. But for right now, that's been the Cardinals Insider Podcast. <laughs>